Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, another day. Some more big news when it comes to the silver and black. And it feels like, at least for the time that I've been here in Las Vegas, ever since, uh, what, July of 2021, there's been a ton of news that we've come into the show with each and every day. And, well, that's just kind of the life of a Raider fan, right? There's always a lot of ups and lots of downs. And, of course, uh, everyone's aware of the news now that quarterback Derek Carr has been benched for the final two games of the season. Jared Stidham will get the start. Chase Garbers will be the backup quarterback and most likely probably the last time any of us have seen Derek Carr in a Raiders uniform. So, of course, there'll be plenty to get to on today's show. And, you know, it's funny. It's traditionally Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, so we always like to turn the page and start to look to look forward to the next game up on the schedule, which, of course, is the 49ers coming to Allegiant Stadium as they have the 49ers and the Chiefs to host the next two weeks at Allegiant. Excited about that. So thought that, okay, hey, this is going to be the day to start turning the page. We talked about Derek Carr quite a bit throughout the course of the week, and so today will be a day where we can kind of break away from that mold. Well, that's until it wasn't, <laughs> right? And so, of course, we're at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Joshua Daniels met with the media, and earlier uh, today let it be known that Derek Carr is going to be sitting down for the next couple of weeks, and we'll hear from head coach Joshua Daniels in just a few minutes. But still, we will at some point – Turn the page to the 49ers, which kind of seems feels like an afterthought at this point, just because you know quarterback Jared Stidham is going to be getting the start, and you just kind of know uh, that it's a wrap on the season, which kind of felt that way anyway. And honestly, ever since the, the Steelers lost on Christmas Eve, or the loss to the Steelers on Christmas Eve, kind of felt like it was a wrap on the season anyway, and that, you know, the... The uh, you know the Raiders could potentially be moving on from Derek Carr, and that's why really the conversation has been going on here on Raider Nation Radio 920 ever since Monday. You know, because again, it felt like kind of the inevitable was on the brinks, and well, here we are. So we got a lot of good stuff to get to on today's show, and of course, Raider Nation, we definitely want you to to chime in on the show either by the phone line seven zero two three six five nine two hundred or don't be broke dot com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Sometimes you write the show, you figure out exactly what you're going to do. And then all of a sudden you got to pivot, and that's exactly what today is. And that's okay. We don't mind pivoting. We can make it work. Coming up at 2.30, as I mentioned, we planned on turning the page to the San Francisco 49ers, the next game up on the schedule. So schedule Bonte Hill. Schedule Bonte Hill from 95.7 The Game, the morning roast. He does the morning show there. Uh, was going to talk all things 49ers coming up at 2.30. We're still going to have Bonte Hill on, and we'll talk to him about the 49ers. We'll get multiple previews on the 49ers throughout the course of the week. But, look. 95-7 the game, regardless how you feel about the station now, at one point was the Raiders' flagship station. When it was the Raiders' flagship station in the Bay, who was the quarterback? Derek Carr. So, Bonte, and that's my brother. That's my brother. Like, Bonte is my guy. Between him and Guru, those are my guys. My, my, my goal a long time ago was to get back to the Bay and work at 95-7 the game with those two cats. So, I, I don't have an ill will in my body towards any of those guys at 95-7 the game, especially Bonte or Daryl Guru Johnson. So uh, excited to talk to Bonte coming up at 2.30. We'll talk about Derek Carr. We'll ask him his thoughts on what he thought Derek, Derek, what he thinks Derek Carr means to the Raiders uh, franchise as far as you know what he was able to do when he came in in 2014 till this moment right now, right? I mean, it's, it's December 28, 2022, and again, we've most likely seen the last of Derek Carr. So we'll talk to him about Derek. We'll talk about what he thinks about Joshua Daniels sitting him down for the final two games, you know, and then we'll obviously dip into the four players as well, but we've got multiple days to do that. So uh, like I said, my brother, Bonte Hill, will join us at 2.30 from 95.7 The Game. At 3.30, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll talk to us about the Raiders. Uh, she's also in San Jose preparing for UNLV. The Running Rebels are in action tonight as they get conference play started in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, so they're going to be taking on San Jose State. So we'll talk to her about that game as well. But, you know, she's been covering sports here in Las Vegas. She's really tight with Josh Jacobs, as she covered him in college while he was at Alabama. Of course, he had a lot to say following the Steelers' loss. We'll talk to her about that. We'll also talk to her about Derek Carr. For most people that have covered the Raiders, all they've ever known is Derek Carr. It's different for me because I'm a fan, and I've been a fan since way before Derek Carr, and I'll be a fan way after Derek Carr. I've known a lot. <laughs> I've known a lot. I've seen a lot when it comes to quarterbacks, and that's why I always show D.C. a lot of respect, but I also understand where a lot of the fan base says, yeah, but – I think that the Raiders could do better because I understand 
where they're coming from. Again, it's been a very long time, and it's been a real big carousel when it comes to the quarterback position, and now the Raiders have a big one. And, of course, we're going to talk about that big hole at the QB spot and what to do moving forward. But Paloma Villacano will join us at 3.30. Ted Wynn from The Athletic, he'll join us at 4 o'clock. And originally, myself and Damon set him up to come on the show to talk about the Raiders' defense as it's been playing the last few weeks and the 49ers' defense as it's been playing all season long. But now with the Derek Carr news, going to talk to him about the quarterback position, what kind of quarterback he thinks would thrive in this system with Josh McDaniels. Because now, regardless of how you feel about the head coach, and believe me, I've gotten all the tweets, I've gotten all the text messages, I've got all the double middle finger birds telling me that, hey, we're not listening to you anymore. That's fine because, you know, it's DeMond's fault. It's my fault that, you know, Carr got sat down. I've heard it all, and I, and I understand. Emotions are, are running high. But now everything is squarely on Josh McDaniels. Right, You could look at, at, at Derek Carr and say, all right, he was the scapegoat. He was the guy who was to blame for this, this, uh, this season's failures. And you could be right. But now there is no, there is no scapegoat because now he's not going to be around. So the next guy better be the guy because if not, then it's going to go squarely back on the head coach. So, again, as a long, lifelong Raider fan, I was a fan of the Silver Black before Josh McDaniels. I'll be a, a fan of the Silver Black after Josh McDaniels. Same with the quarterback. That's just me, right? And I know some people aren't willing to accept that. Some people are saying, hey, I'm done with the Raiders since they're done with Carr. Okay, so apparently that was a nine-year fan. And that's okay. That's okay. If that's who you were, a nine-year fan, you were a fan because of D.C., I respect that. If you're a fan of the Raiders, you're a fan of the Raiders. There's been been a lot of players that have come and gone. There's been a lot of coaches that have come and gone that haven't made people happy when it comes to the Raiders. So I totally get it understand why the emotions are riding the way that they are today. But Ted Wynn will join us. We'll talk about the Raiders' defense. We'll talk about what they need, but we'll definitely talk about quarterback, talk about the quarterback play that he's seen from Derek Carr moving forward, you know, the last few games and, and, you know, kind of how we arrived at the situation that we're in right now with D.C. sitting it on down. And I don't know if this is going to happen. I'm glad DeMond brought this to my attention. Derek was expected to talk to the media around 2.30 today. So – I, I was assuming, and it's shame on me for assuming, I was assuming that the starting quarterback was going to talk today. And the starting quarterback's Jarrett Stidham. So I had scheduled that, hey, at 3 o'clock when we have an opening, we'll play the Jarrett Stidham presser from today. But, Damon, you pointed out that you said that Adam Hill told you that he doesn't believe that Jarrett's talking at all today? Yeah, that was one of the first things that I wanted to know, obviously, for our purposes here in the building and right, in that town. But yeah. I asked Adam, hey, is Stidham talking today? And he said, uh, no Stidham. And I said, so what about Devontae? He said, it's 50-50. Okay, well, there you go. And if, if he doesn't talk, fine. But, you know, if he does end up talking, then cool. We'll, we'll have it because at some point he's got to talk, whether it's today, tomorrow, Friday, after the game. I mean, <laughs> they, can't, they can't have him run forever. So, I mean, at some point he's got to talk. And if being the starting quarterback is who he is, which is who he is, He's going to have to talk at some point. So I have him penciled in there at three, but if he doesn't talk, he doesn't talk. The locker room will be open today, so somebody's going to talk. And Vinny Bossignor is going to be in the locker room, so he's going to send us over some sound. I don't know who he's going to get an opportunity to talk to. Uh, I saw Adam Hill's tweet that Derek Carr wasn't on the practice field today. Not a big shock. I mean, the guy has been demoted all the way down to the third-string quarterback, the inactive guy. He won't be active at all on Sunday. So, uh, I mean, you know, I I don't blame him for not being on the field uh, practicing today. I mean, you know, you just get the news that you're demoted. I don't know when they had this conversation, when they made up in their mind that they were moving on from Carr, or at least sitting them down the rest of the season. I mean, nothing is set in stone with what they're going to do with his future. But, I mean, again, it doesn't take a genius to be able to read the writing on the wall, right? I mean, the writing on the wall tells me that he won't be back in 2023 with the silver and black. But, again, that's just my gut feeling. And, and, and again, reading the tea leaves, which is not a big scientific thing to do. It's just kind of, like I said, one plus one equals two. So Vinny's going to send us over any kind of uh, sound he gets from the Raiders locker room today, and I'm interested to see, and I did ask head coach Josh McDaniels what the players thought about this move, and he gave us an answer, and it was just, you know, it's a coach, coach speak answer, but, you know, you had to ask the question. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Very excited about them. Bonte Hill, 95-7 the game at 2.30, Paloma Villacana at 3.30, and Ted Wynn from The Athletic at 4 o'clock. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
So, again, having to pivot our conversation from the San Francisco 49ers, and we'll continue that, especially with the Battle of the Bay. I call it the Battle of the Bay by way of Las Vegas, right? Because, obviously, the Raiders are no longer in the Bay, but the it's still it's still a very, very fun uh, you know, battle and, and, you know, territorial rights and bragging rights. And, you know, obviously a game that if you've been looking at the, the betting lines, uh, before the announcement of, of Derek Carr uh, being sat down, I think the Raiders were, what, six-and-a-half-point underdogs? Uh, and then now all of a sudden the 49ers are favored by, like, ten. So <laughs> that's a huge jump. And matter of fact, I believe that that line started moving before Josh McDaniels actually made that announcement. So people were like, okay, yeah, something's really going on if the line is moving as much as it has. So – with what we found out today when it comes to Derek Carr, in my opinion, an end of an era. It's been nine years. It's almost been a decade with Derek Carr under center. To you, Raider Nation, what direction do you think is best? I think that's the key word here. What direction do you think is best for the Raiders to go post-Derek Carr? Again, I mean, unless some crazy thing happens, I don't see him behind center anymore for the Raiders. So some, some new direction is going to happen following this season. And we all know a lot of this decision, which is what we talked about the last couple of days, because he is not a guy that I want to talk about every day. And I know we've talked about him a lot, but a lot of it was because of the, the finances. And that's why I felt like that there was a good chance that this was going to happen because of the financial aspect of this. Basically, $40 million they're protecting by not allowing him to go out there. Because some people are saying, well, why, why not let him finish out the season and then move on from that, you know, show him a little bit of respect. Well, what if he, what if he gets hurt in one of these final two games? If he gets hurt, then that's $40 million guaranteed. Then, one, how do the Raiders move on? You know, I mean, then he's going to get all that money guaranteed, and that's not a good business decision. He has a no-trade clause, so it's not guaranteed that he's going to be traded because he could say, hey, the Colts want you, and he could say, no, no thanks. Hey, Seattle wants you. No thanks. Hey, Arizona wants you. No thanks. He could turn down every team in the league, every single team in the league if he wants to, or he could say, you know what, guys? I'm going to retire. Not going to play. Then they can't. They can't trade him then. So it would just be one of those gonna have to put him in the retire the, the retire mode. So you don't get any you know, you don't get any trade draft capital back in return for him. So ideally, the Raiders are able to trade him somewhere and he continue, he wants to continue to play. But I know he said multiple times, and I take him for uh, at his word, that if it wasn't the Raiders, he wasn't gonna play football. He was gonna go golf and preach. And I, I honestly do take Derek Carr at his word. At one point I thought, yeah, right. This is what this guy wants to do. But I do realize that some guys have aspirations that are more than just football. You know, it's not always just about what's going on between the gridiron. Like, Tom Brady is a guy who cannot do anything but play football. It's like he's going he's gonna to die on the football field. He has to play so much, right? Derek Carr is not, not cut like that. He'll, you know, when he's comfortable and, and ready to, to walk away, he'll walk away with his head up high, and he should. He should always walk away with his head up high because I think, just my opinion, he did some really good things for this organization. He took a team and an organization that was all over the place with a crazy carousel of quarterbacks. I mean, I can go through them all and name all the quarterbacks that they've had between Gannon and, and, and Carr. And matter of fact, I did it the other day. So I, I have the utmost respect for Derek Carr. He doesn't have to be your favorite player. He doesn't have to be your favorite quarterback. But I think that there is a level of, hey, thank you, that, that goes into at least what he was able to do. Again, you don't have to like him as a quarterback, but I think you could appreciate the guy – being the stable, want to be a Raider that he has been throughout the course of his career. I could give him that at the very least. So, again, the question I ask you, now that it's the end of an era, what, does, what did the car era mean to you, and what direction do you think is best for the Raiders moving forward? I think those are the two best questions to ask. And, again, if the car era didn't mean anything to you, so be it. Just say it didn't mean anything to you. Didn't care. Didn't care for it. Didn't like it. Fine. It's your opinion. Not a problem. But – what did it mean to you, and what direction do you think is best for the Raiders moving forward? 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's start off with a 918 Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? How are you guys? I'm blessed, man. How are you? Oh, yeah. Doing, doing good. Uh, man, I just want to say, uh, yeah, I just got to touch on uh, Derek brings stabiliz- stabilization to the uh, – to the QB position, but also you like you have to shake your head at some of the decisions and uh, shots that he took, like that that show or that shot that throw at Rimpro at the end of the game. Anybody could have made that throw. Like I'm a high school quarterback, 
it's like, dude, just just put it right there. Dude, he overthrew him by, by five yards, and we to get we didn't have. I don't know, man. It's just I, I think Stidham can make that throw, and uh, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but like for real, like Purdy, nobody thought Purdy would have a chance. And actually, you know what's funny, and, and I don't mean to cut you off. I I, I actually th- thought Brock Purdy was going to be good because I saw him in the Big Twelve, and when he was at Iowa State, I thought he was a pretty damn yeah. good quarterback. I, yeah. You know, <laughs> I saw him against OU and played yeah. Oklahoma, and he yeah. had his own man. And but again, like if you never have a chance, then you you don't. But I again, like what was it against the uh, uh, New Orleans? We didn't get across the fifty until Stidham got in. Right. Okay. Get okay, why are, why is it taken now? Still like. I, I think if we have uh, if we double down on Jacobs, we keep Renfro, we keep uh, Waller, we keep Devonte. Uh, yeah, we could have Stidham back there because he literally just has to hand it off, play action, dump it off to Waller, hand it off, play action, dump it off to Renfro, bomb deep to to Adams. Like I don't I don't know, man. It just, it just doesn't seem that complicated, and uh, here we are making it complicated, and we're what have, we have a losing record. Yeah, uh, I'm excited, man. Uh, I'm not really excited where we're at right now. It sucks that our season's basically over. Yeah, but also it's uh, we're keep banging our head on the wall, and and Carr's not doing it, man. He's a great guy. He's he's a really really sweet dude. He works really hard, but I don't know, man. He's not getting the job done. He's really hey, not. Okay, good stuff, man. Thank you for the call, and that's that's fair. You know, if if you know, it's been nine years. If you feel like he's not getting it done and hasn't got it done, that's okay, right? And you want to see what someone else could do. There's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't. You know, again, I respect him for stabilizing the quarterback position. I'll, I will always say that. I'll go to my grave and say that I'll, I, I support that because I was at the Coliseum before I was ever doing this radio stuff, before I was ever doing the podcast stuff or any of that. I was sitting there with my buddy Daniel, with Mama Q, with, with my kids, with whoever would go with me to the game, and I saw carousel after carousel after carousel at quarterback. So I understand why people are saying, well, how could you move on from him? He's the best thing you had. Well, he was he was the best thing that you had for a long time. Obviously, someone wants to make a move and improve. Now, like you said, you know, how do we know what we have in Jared Stidham? Well, you're going to find out, right? The Raiders are going to find out. I, I know Jared Stidham from when he was in high school, back in Stephenville High School. I remember him in college when he was at Baylor, then transferred to a junior college. They went to Auburn. So I know what he was, he, he's, he's capable of doing. I also know that New England talked about making him the starter after Tom Brady as well. It just didn't work out for him. So maybe he has got something. Maybe he can catch lightning in a, in a bottle, and maybe he's a guy moving forward, or maybe he's just a guy. I don't think that he's the guy, just to be 100% honest with you. I think he's probably a good backup at best. I don't think he's a future at the quarterback position, and I don't think you know Jared Stidham is the guy that's going to get Devontae Adams fired up to jump out of bed and be like, yes, let's go. <laughs> but, I mean, again, we'll find out. I could be 100% wrong, and I'm okay with that. Let's get another call. Uh, how about Gerald? Calling in from Jersey. Welcome to the show, Gerald. What's on your mind? How are you? I'm a little upset about this decision today. Okay. I, I got to tell you, I'm sick about it because I'm a Raider fan. I'm 53 years old. Okay. I've watched such garbage football for a long time. And Derek Carr did not bring garbage football to the Raider organization. And the thing that's making me sick about it is you're going to have to get ready for that quarterback carousel again. And I don't think Josh McDaniels has earned the right to – I mean, look, he's the head coach. Right. But none of this – is this all to blame on Derek Carr? I mean, give me a break. I, I don't think it's so. I, I don't think so. I for 5,000 yards last year. Right. How does this go from this to that? The equation doesn't make sense to me. He didn't have Devontae Adams last year, and he passed for 5,000 yards almost. What what's the problem? I don't see it as the quarterback. I see it as scheme. I see it as the head coach, and he doesn't have a defense, and he's never had a defense. Okay. So it's unfair. Okay, so what direction do you think they should go forward? I think they should keep him. Well, why, I mean, why, 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 are okay. you, why are you getting rid of the guy? All right, th- thank you. Thank you, Gerald, for the call. Thank you for the call. I'm not getting rid of the guy. Q did not get rid of him. DeMond did not get rid of him. Raider Nation Radio 920 did not get rid of him. And he's not gone yet. I'm just asking what direction you want the, the, the team to go because most likely he's, he's out. Two games he's going to sit. This is, this is the part of the conversation that I want to make sure everyone is perfectly clear about. We are not getting rid of Derek Carr. The organization has either made a decision internally to move on to next phase. 
There has been quarterbacks that have played for the Raiders that weren't named Derek Carr. There are car- there's quarterbacks before him. There's going to be quarterbacks after him. That's reality. There was coaches that, that coached for the Raiders before Josh McDaniels. There will be coaches that coach the Raiders after Josh McDaniels. That's reality. There will be people that host this radio show before me. There will be people that will host this radio show after me. That's reality. Not getting rid of anybody. I'm just asking the question. I, first of all, I asked the question, what did the, era, the car era mean to you? Obviously, it meant a lot to you. So what direction do you think the team, what is best for them moving forward, is the next question. You, I don't think don't move on from is an answer. I, I don't think that that is a realistic answer. So, again, I like to try to live in reality, and I know it's tough, and I know people are emotional, but for the most part, like you said, you're 50-something years old. I'm pretty sure you were a Raider fan before Derek Carr. I'm pretty sure you're going to be, even after this spell is over, You'll be a, a Raider fan as well. If not, well, then, I mean, there's nothing you could do and nothing I could do about it. We'll take one more call. How about, uh, was it Sean in Baltimore? Is that who we got up? Sean, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, hey, hey fellas. Um, I'm kind of up with, in the air with it, man. I mean, it's like if you let them go or or you or you cut them, I mean, who's out there to replace them? Is it, is it setting that? The, the, I mean, we already, we're not winning now. But is it setting us, setting us back further? And I also think I also think it's almost more like a business move because if he got hurt, then you owe him like thirty thirty some million or something 40, like that. Like forty million, forty million for next yep. year. So yep. is this could it be like a business move where like, hey man, like yeah, we we not gonna put you out there to get hurt, but can we like restructure your contract or something like that? I mean, I, I just maybe I'm just that, that's that's a that's a possibility. Maybe it's just, it's not likely, so but my, maybe right. I, I'm and I, I feel like I mean like. I don't know what like where do they go at next? Like uh, I'll hope they don't be good, but I don't think he's he's that trigger. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, I yeah. That, that's why I'm asking. What do you think? Th- what What do you think they should do next? What should be the best move that the Raiders make next? I, but I'm I'm lost like everybody else, man. I mean, because I, I I know it's not all Derek Carr, but it's part he's part of it too. So where do we go? I'm just I'm lost, man. I don't know. <laughs> I okay. don't know. All right, fair enough. Thank, thank you, Sean, for the call. I do appreciate you. And that's the thing about it. Look, they could get to the offseason, or maybe they're sitting in the office right now, and they're coming up with something, and they say, you know what, okay, we're going to restructure this deal, and we're going to run it back next year. There, I mean, there could be that possibility. I don't believe that that's what that is, right? I, I feel like if they were going to run it back with him next year, they would allow him to keep playing. Again, going back to the, the financials. It's $40 million, 32 point something million for next year, and $7.5 million for 2024. If he gets hurt in one of the two next games, that money is fully guaranteed. You have no options. Head coach Josh McDaniels earlier said today it's not finalized on his career. But is he going to come out and say that right now? No. You know, so there's that. So, again, the question I throw out there to you, what did the Derek Carr era mean to you? And what do you believe is the best direction for the Raiders to move to do moving forward? And I'll show you my example. Again, I appreciate everything that Derek Carr did. I think that he did some great things with the silver and black. He should eat for for free around Raider fans always. <laughs> really? I mean, I, I really do. Because uh, c- of that carousel that everyone talks about that I could go over right now if you, if you really want me to, all the quarterbacks that have played in between Gannon and Carr. And it's been a lot of them, and it's really been a lot of – yeah, you know, just just a lot of guys, mostly at the end of their careers with not much left left to, to show for it. So I appreciate everything he's done and everything he attempted to do just didn't happen, right? Sometimes, sometimes you do everything you can in your power to, you know, to be the best you could be and put someone in the position to, to be, you know, a winner, and it just comes – you come up a little short. It don't matter how much you try, sometimes you come up a little bit short. And if that's what Derek Carr's – you know, if that's what the calling card is for his career with the Raiders, that's okay because he gave everything he had. Where a lot of quarterbacks, especially these days, you see guys requesting trades immediately, right? I mean, you see how quickly Russell Wilson wanted to get out of Seattle once it wasn't going his way. You know, I mean, there's guys that will start demanding trades quick, fast, and hurry, and he has said multiple times that he's only going to play for the Raiders. So, again, we'll see. We'll see if that truly is the case. Moving forward, and I, and I kind of talked about this and touched on it earlier in this week. I think, and, and look, my mom sent me a text and asked me what do I think is next, so I'll, I'll tell you the same thing I told her. I think there's a veteran quarterback 
that'll be under center next year, and I think that they'll try to develop a, a young rookie behind that veteran. Because a veteran, regardless who it is, Jimmy G's name's going to be floated with the Raiders a lot. Tom Brady's name's going to be floated with the Raiders a lot. Hell, a dark, dark horse, maybe even Aaron Rodgers' name gets floated with the Raiders a lot. You know, there, and there could be a couple other ones, but I think a veteran is the way to go, especially if you still have Devontae Adams in the mix, which I believe you do. He's a professional. Sure, he's going to still be in the mix. They paid him a lot of money. He moved his family to Las Vegas. He's on the West Coast where he wants to be with, you know, so his family can see him. So I'm sure that even after the initial conversations and the initial shock or whatever the case may be, I'm sure he'll be fine, as most professionals would be because this is a business at the end of the day. I think everyone realizes that's what you get into it for. It's a business. And then there'll be a rookie that is developing behind whoever that veteran is. That's my best guess that I could tell you. And that's probably the best direction for the team to go, in my opinion, because it also it gives the Raiders a chance to win immediately while also developing someone behind that veteran so when it's time to pass the sticks on, you have someone that you feel very comfortable with for the long haul. And that's why I believe that that is the best direction to go. But we'll, we'll get your calls and we'll get your texts. You can hit us up right now on the don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Again, the question that I threw out there to you, what did the Derek Carr era mean to you? And what direction do you think is best for the Raiders moving forward? Coming up next, Bonte Hill, 95-7 the game. That used to be the flagship station of the Silver and Black. Now that's us. So we'll talk to Bonte about Derek Carr and more. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. What did the car era mean to you? What direction do you think is best for the Raiders moving forward? That's the question I threw out there. On the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r Got a ton of text messages I just told DeMond off air. We got about 25 of them that we haven't opened up yet. We'll get to them in just a bit. But right now, joining us on the phone line is a guy that I called my brother as I started the show, and that's Bonte Hill from 95.7 The Game, The Morning Roast. Does a fantastic job up in the Bay. And, Bonte, man, I, <laughs> I wanted to have you on the show to talk about the upcoming Battle of the Bay by way of Vegas uh, with the Raiders and Niners. Niners coming to town on Sunday. But as you know, as everyone else knows, Derek Carr has been benched for the last two games of the season. I'm assuming that that means that his Raider career is over, but you never know how these things shake out. You at 95.7 The Game, you guys were the flagship station for the Raiders while they were in the Bay. We're the flagship station for them now in Las Vegas. From all your time covering Derek Carr with the Raiders, man, what did he mean? What do you think he meant to this organization? Well, first of all, Q, happy holidays to the new king in Las Vegas. I've been watching you from afar <laughs> just take that town over day by day, hour by hour. So it's a pleasure to be on with you. Uh, as far as Derek Carr and, and to answer your question, he meant a lot to the Raider fans. He, you know what he meant? I, I used the one word, hope. He gave Raider fans hope when he was in the Bay. And I can go back to 2016 mm-hmm. where everything was humming for the Raiders and at Christmas Eve against the Indianapolis Colts where he breaks his fibula, yep. and the Raiders were up big, and it ruined everything. It ruined the division title. It ruined the bye week in which they probably would have hosted the Pittsburgh Steelers in a semifinal game, which I would have took the Raiders in, and they probably would have been playing in the AFC Championship game in New England. Now, who knows how that would have gone, right? But he was on the cusp of becoming one of the league's next great quarterbacks. And once he broke that fibula, the hope was gone. The hope mm-hmm. was gone. And the way he kind of, you know, look, everybody's going to be bitter about that move to Las Vegas. People still are bitter. Now some feds have gone to Vegas and say, look, I'm going to represent the Raider Nation regardless. But Carr, from 2016 up until maybe last season, he wasn't the same dude. He was skittish. He, wasn't, he didn't have that killer instinct that we saw early on in his career where he would push the ball down the field deep. Um, and I thought he got some of that hope back last year, taking the Raiders to the playoffs. And now you look at the season, and I'm, watch, I'm just watching from afar, Q. I see the body language. I see the finger pointing. I see the overthrows. Now, granted, you don't have Darren Waller. You don't have Hunter Renfro for the bulk of the season. You lose Henry Ruggs last year, a former first-round pick, and I thought Ruggs was coming on. Mm-hmm. You have Devontae. You have Josh Jacobs. At some point, it's time to move on. How, how much longer can Raider fans sit there and watch Derek Carr 
point the blame at multiple people. And I get it. He cried at the podium. You guys went 3-0 after that cry. But then you look at the last couple of weeks here, and it's just like, I just think it's time. So, you know, to answer your question, I know I'm a little long-winded here, Q. He gave Raider fans hope when he was in Oakland. A lot of hope. Hope that better days were ahead. And that whole just win baby mantra and commitment to excellence, it was there. Mm-hmm. And then he broke his fibula, and that hope slowly dissipated in the Bay Area when it came to Derek Carr. Yeah, man, I was sitting in the stands with my mom and my kids when that happened, and, and you're right, man. It's like you could leave that stadium, and it was you can hear a church mouse. It was so quiet. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, that, that was a, the worst Christmas Eve gift you could ever give yeah. Raider Nation was Derek Carr no breaking doubt. his fibula. But let me ask you this. How much do you think, because of the quarterback carousel that the Raiders had before Derek Carr arrived in Oakland, do you think has Raider fans so upset by the move made today? Um, there's a couple things because there's still, you know, hope. There's still hope you guys can go to the playoffs, right? It's still possible. I know a lot of things have to happen, but this has been a wacky season of mm-hmm. NFL football. You know, do we believe in the Jets and the Dolphins and, you know, all these AFC teams that are beating each other up? No. So to have this move happen when everybody's getting ready for the battle of the Bay, you got to let Derek Carr have one more ride against the 49ers. We know what this game means to the fans. We know what it means. It's New Year's Day. You go to Jared Stidham for two games. It's basically single saying, hey, I'm Josh McDaniels. I'm coming. I got a, I got a long leash here in, in Las Vegas. I know Mark Davis has my back. I don't want this quarterback. I have my eyes set on Tom Brady. I have my eyes set on Jimmy Garoppolo. And whoever else will be a free agent out there, the Raiders will be in play. So I just think, look, am, am I mad at Raider fans for being scorned? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Carr gave you a lot of hope. He, he, he gave everything he had for this franchise, whether you like him or don't like him, um, whether you like the body language on the field. I, it's just it's a weird, weird thing to do because we all know, Q, Jared Stiddle's not the answer for the future. Right. What the hell you need to take a look at Jared Stiddle for? You just want to throw him in there against Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and Ken Law and this ferocious defense let him get beat up over and over and over again? That's not fair to Jared Stiddle. It's not fair to the Raider fans. And, the, and it's, just, it's just it's the last... If, no, you guys have two games left in Vegas, I believe, yeah, against the yep, Chiefs. Yep. And, and so it's not fair to sit Derek Carr in the last two home games of the season. Come on, man. That's, 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 it's a little shady. But I get it because if he gets hurt, you got the millions of dollars of $33 right. million guarantee or whatnot. But that's not fair to Raider fans. That's not fair to fans from the 49er fan base who spent all that money to go see a good football game down there in Las Vegas. The tickets are sky high. I just – the timing's weird to be cute. It really is. No, it is. And we're talking to Bonte Hill right now from 95.7 The Game here on Radio Nation Radio 920. The, the timing is, is tough, but again, the $40 million, I mean, 32 for next year, yeah. 7.5 yeah. for 2024. Money talks. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. It's business, yeah, man. Money, no. money talks. But, you know, you brought up Jimmy G, and some people ask me, what direction do I think they'll go? And I do think they go with the veteran. You mentioned Tom Brady, but you know Jimmy G. You're right there. He's with the 49ers right now. Uh, believe it or not, he's still with the 49ers. It looked like he was going to be gone yeah. this offseason, but he's not. <laughs> if he was, say, a bridge guy for a year, maybe two years, what do you think the Raiders would get in him if they did pull the trigger on Jimmy G? You get a professional. You get a guy who's not who's not going to lose you a lot of ball games, right? Yeah, he's going to have the GBO no throws. I, I coined that a few years ago, the GBO no throw where it's going to be about three to five throws a okay, game. We're all going to get a little queasy. We're like, oh, <laughs> don't do that, Jimmy. Don't do that. But you get the ultimate professional. And one of the knocks I had on Jimmy for so many years, Q, was that he was too damn nice. Everybody was taking shots at him from the head coach, from flirting with Kirk Cousins and Tom Brady and every other quarterback around the world to drafting Trey Lance. I just thought Jimmy was treated unfairly. I think he's done a lot of good for the 49ers. So you get a consummate professional. He's not going to run his mouth. He's going to be a locker room guy. His teammates obviously love him because after week two, I was irate, Q, when players wrote up the, uh, went up to Michael Silver at the SF Chronicle talking about, oh, man, Jimmy gives us a better chance to win, man. We're so happy that Jimmy's in the lineup and blah, 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 blah. But that tells you he won over his teammates. So yeah. as a bridge guy, you could do a lot worse than having Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. And he knows Josh McDaniel's system, obviously, from his days in New England. Right. No doubt about it. Again, Bonte Hills, our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, we talked. you talked earlier about Jared Stidham, how everyone knows that he's not the answer. In San Francisco, they've got a bit of a backup quarterback making his rise through the ranks with Brock Purdy. Do you think that he's going to be the answer? What do you see happening with Trey Lance next season, depending on how far Brock Purdy can take this team? Yeah, it all depends, right? If Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, I think he's, he's in the lead for the starting gig in 2023. 
But the good problem is with Trey Lance is you drafted him because he has a rookie salary scale right now, right? Mm-hmm. So you have Brock Purdy and Trey Lance next year. Jimmy's gone. Let's just let's kill nip that the butt right yeah. now. Jimmy's gone. Yeah. Uh, he's played his last game possibly with the 49ers. Now it does get interesting if he gets healthy for the playoffs with this Kyle do. I think he sticks with the hot head and Brock Purdy because of the way he pushes the ball down the field. And Jimmy can't do that. He just can't. He's not accurate down the sidelines. He's not accurate down the field. Um, but you let Trey Lance and Brock Purdy battle out next year in August in Santa Clara for training camp. And the great thing is the financials make sense because Brock Purdy's not making anything, right? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not, he's making more money in Las Vegas <laughs> than Brock Purdy is right now with the 49ers. So you get Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, you've got about 10 to $12 million invested in the quarterback room. That's a steal for the 49ers with two guys you know that can win you football games. So it's going to be a battle now. Again, if Brock wins a Super Bowl, which is like – Asking I didn't even say out loud because he's a third-street quarterback and he's a rookie and no rookie's ever won a Super Bowl. I mean, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let, let's just take it week by week. But I do think regardless with the way Brock Purdy's played and with some of the shortcomings Trey Lance had this season, those two guys will battle it out and one will be the backup, one will be the starter, and we'll see what happens there. But the good thing is the financials make sense. You're not paying $25 million to one quarterback and 10 to another one. You're only investing about 10 to $12 million in the quarterback position in 2023. Bonte, you mentioned the Battle of the Bay and the fact that the 49er fans are coming to Las Vegas for New Year's Eve and then obviously going to the game on New Year's Day. How much of the Battle of the Bay is that conversation going on right now uh, on, on your airways there at 95.7 The Game? Well, it's still there, but it doesn't have that same luster cue. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. that. even the last Battle of the Bay, it was kind of depressing on a Thursday night. We all knew it was the last Battle of the Bay. The Raiders were basically gutting the team. They didn't even try in that game. I think Pierre Carson scored his first touchdown in the season in that game. That was actually the Raheem Mostert coming out party yeah. on that night. So it's, it's definitely lost its luster as the Raiders continue to play in Las Vegas year after year, year after year. More 49er fans come to the table, and they're worried about the Niners. So it's still like I, I, we did throw it out there last year. You know, what if Raiders and Niners, man? These guys are, and Raider fans came and represented hard. Like, they were calling the airways. I was like, oh, we still got a couple of Raider fans listening. But yeah. I, I think it's lost a little bit of its luster. I come game day, whoever wins, there's going to be a lot of trash talk again. There's still a lot of Raider fans in the Bay Area. And they're still chirping and bumping at the guns. But Q, it just don't feel right. It don't feel the same. Right. No, I mean, it's the Battle of the Bay by way of Las Vegas now. So it's definitely, like I said, yeah. it's definitely different. I remember that Thursday night game, man. I was almost sick. The, the Raiders got beat so bad by Nick Mullins. Didn't Nick Mullins get his first start Nick, that day? Yeah. Money <laughs> Mullins, baby. Money you, Mullins. Oh, <laughs> man. Nick. Nick. Don't, yeah, don't get me started on that. So as far as the fans that are traveling here, uh, what have you kind of what have you gathered as far as how many you think are going to be here? Because for me personally, I feel like there's going to be a lot of red in Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, Q. Niner fans travel. Right. I underrated that. I mean, I, I went to my first road game last year in a wild card game when they went down to Dallas, and I was like, wow, look at all this red and gold. Mm-hmm. Then we go to the SoFi Stadium, a.k.a. Levi Stadium South, and obviously Niner fans took that over. It felt like a neutral site bowl game against the L.A. Rams. Then I was up in Seattle and Chicago, and there was a red flood to see. So there's going to be a lot of Niner fans out there in Vegas. A lot of Bay Area transplants yep. have moved to Las Vegas due to the cost of living. So I know they're going to be out there. Now there is the airline uh, uh, concerns there with Southwest and everything. I know a lot of people now driving because mm. flights are being canceled. And the tickets are a little sky high. I actually canceled my flight, and I'm going to chill back and, and wait for the next time the Niners come out to Las Vegas. I was looking forward to it, but with the Warriors gig and everything like that, yeah. I said, let me just sit back and chill on this one. I'm actually glad now that I made that decision with Jared Stidham starting that quarterback. I wanted to see D.C. and Devontae <laughs> Adams do some things against the Niners and really test them on the edges. But there's going to be a lot of Niner fans down there, man. I, I I'm hearing sixty percent. Wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me at all if it's fifty fifty. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a lot as well, especially with the news of you know, like you said, Derek Carr not playing and Jared Stidham's yeah. going to be the quarterback. I can see a lot of Las Vegas folks selling their tickets to to uh, to Forty Nine er fans that are coming into town again. Bonte Hills, our guest here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. You can catch Bonte every single morning on the morning roast uh, there on ninety five seven. The game as far as the defense, I mean, the defense is what for me pushes the needle when it comes to the 49ers. D'Amico Ryans, I'm expecting him to be a head coach next year. What's the plan after he leaves to take a head coaching job? Who's going to take over that spot? Because that's a pretty good gig that he has with the Niners right now. 
Yeah, I'm hoping D'Amico Q doesn't take any jobs like Denver. You really want to go battle against Mahomes and right. Justin Herbert, who I'm still a little ticked off at over fantasy football reasons, but we won't get into that. <laughs> but you really want to take the Denver job? You want to take the Carolina job? I think the guy who may be waiting in the wings is Chris Kosarek, the defensive line coach mm. uh, of the 49ers. He's been a fan favorite. He gets after those guys on the defensive line. I mean, even when Bosa got hurt in 2020 and tore his ACL, Kerry Hyder Jr. came out of nowhere and was a force off the edge. No matter who plays. Like, when the Niners started this winning streak, Kim and Armstead were out. Javon Kimlaw and Eric Armstead. You couldn't even tell because the defensive line didn't skip the beat, and they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher. It feels like it forever. So uh, I think Chris Kosarek would be next in line to take that gig as a D.C. of the 49ers. Let me ask you this because DeMond asked about Brock Purdy, and he has slid into that role very comfortably. How much of that strong defense and that killer run game that the Niners have allows him just to go in there and be himself and not have to press? Well, it's not only the defense. It's not only the weapons on the outside, it's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. But I, I think what's getting lost on 49er fans, and I try to remind them every single week, because this is a trade, Q, you know me very well. When they made that trade, I was screaming to the high heavens two weeks before that saying, is there any way you could steal Christian McCaffrey for Carolina? They're on the cusp of having a fire sale. Fire their coach, what's up? And this right. is two weeks before they fired the coach. Because Christian McCaffrey has that Steph Curry effect on the football field. You know, Steph Curry, we always yep. talk about the gravity with the Golden State Warriors, yep. how Clay Thompson sees open shots and Draymond gets cutting lanes and Looney gets wide open layups and Wiggins is able to play one-on-one basketball because of gravity of Stephen Curry. Well, the gravity of Christian McCaffrey has allowed George Kittle to reemerge in this offense. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, Brandon Nike is on the outside saying, oh, wow, I get to see one-on-one coverage, no doubles. All of a sudden, Debo Samuel, when he's in the lineup in the slot, he's like, Oh, damn. I catch a wide receiver screen. There's nobody around me because of Christian McCaffrey. That right there, Q, is the difference in this offense. Purdy's playing well. Don't get me wrong. Quarterback's got to make throws, and he's making a ton of throws. I'm very shocked at the way he's playing right now. No doubt about it. But Christian McCaffrey, don't be fooled, folks. He is the difference maker in this offense. Having a running back you can just check it down to and get those seven to eight yards. I've been waiting for that forever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Ricky Waters was a former wow. or Charlie Gardner, yeah. a former Raider and Niner. You know what I'm saying? Just yep. having a guy you can check it down to, line up him, line him up in the slot, but it just opens up everything else for the offense. So to me, the biggest difference for Brock Purdy and when Jimmy was in the lineup was Christian McCaffrey. That's the guy on offense. And I think that's he may be outside of Nick Bolton, the best forty nine on the roster. There it is right there. That's a major reason why the 49ers are continuing to have success, even though they're down to or on quarterback number three now <laughs> at this stage of That's the game. Crazy. Well, Bonte, before we let you go, my man Demond had a warrior question for you real quick. Go ahead, Demond. Right. For a team, you know, we all know the phrase, been there, done that. For a team that's been there and done that, why do the Golden State Warriors have such a problem with the Grizzlies? <laughs> really? That's where you went? That's where yeah, you that's went? Where Wait, went. hold on. That's a proud Grizzlies fan. Yes. Day, that's that's a Grizzly fan talking. He don't know no better. Oh, oh, man, I feel sorry for you, man. I feel sorry. <laughs> well, this is the problem, Damone. You're going to realize sooner rather than later that until you get rid of Dylan Brooks, you guys aren't going anywhere. Dylan Brooks, I watched him single-handedly shoot you guys out of game six of the second round last year at Chase Center. He got hot early, and I said, oh, my God, this is the best thing to happen for the Warriors because he just started shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting more. And I know, Damone, you watch every Grizzlies game. Yesterday, he may have produced the single worst offensive possession in NBA history, Dylan Brooks. I mean, it was awful. What are you doing? And then he's dancing at the end. Look, you got to stop talking. You're talking to champs, man. Like, when you haven't been past the second round yet, when you won one playoff series, and you got John talking about, well, we ain't worried about the West. You guys are 9-10 against the Western Conference. You better be worried about the West. <laughs> Dylan Brooks talking about a dynasty. Well, I didn't know they hung banners for playing victories. So this has been a lot of chirping. We can talk to the chaps. They remember this stuff. Look, Steph Curry and company don't need any motivation. they got banners in the rafters. But when you keep chirping and chirping, and they beat you without their A game in six games, I mean, come on, man. Enough's enough. So we don't really have a – we kind of look at the Memphis Grizzlies as little brothers, like little pesky <laughs> little brothers or whatnot. Kind of like the Houston Rockets with James Harden and Chris Paul. Like, oh, <laughs> we'll take care of those boys. Let's see them again. We got no problem with going to the grindhouse, man, again and doing it again uh, in the postseason, man. So we're not worried about the Grizzlies. You just got to – you don't got to let little brother know what's up. 
Yeah. No, you're right about that. And I can't believe that he actually went there with that. But he is a Grizzly hey. fan, so we'll let Demond, that one go I ahead. I love for you, Damon. I love for you, Damon. It's all good. It's we'll, all we'll good. Let, We've had a rough week so far. We'll let, yeah, for real. For real. We'll let that one slide. Well, Bonte, you do a fantastic job, obviously, on the radio. And, of course, the Warriors pre- and post-game show. I might need you to travel, though, because they're not doing well on the road. I might need you to have that mojo on the road with them, too. Man, it's... Very weird. Three and sixteen on the road. The worst road record in the NBA. Best road record in the NBA. I can't figure it out, man. It's it's an oddity, but I think travel with them, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt about it. But hey, Q, Jamal, Happy New Year to you guys. Happy holidays, everybody out there in Vegas, man. Be safe out there at the football game. No trouble, no fights. We don't need none of that. We know the reputations of when these two teams get together and people try to tennis is the bad guy so let's have fun out there hopefully it's a good competitive football game and everybody can enjoy themselves no doubt my man well happy holidays to you and yours thanks so much for your time brother keep doing what you're doing you know i appreciate you anytime for the king of vegas baby <laughs> there he goes Bonte hill 95 7 the game the morning roast does a fantastic job and warriors pre and post game show and i was i was serious when i said he might need to go on the road because they can't buy a bucket and can't buy a win on the road man the worst road record on the uh, on the planet man that's a rough deal but they get it done at home and they got it done the other day against your Grizzlies at home. And, you know, ever since John Moran, it's funny. When John Moran said they ain't worried about no one in the West, I kind of respected that. I was like, okay, he's got some confidence. But they ain't done a damn thing against teams in the West ever since he said that. So he might want to scale that back just a little bit. 249 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Close out. I'm number one. It's Radio 920. It's been a great ride. And speaking of great rides, I was lucky enough to be carried off the field after we won Super Bowl eleven Today feels like the second time in my life that I'm being carried off the shoulders of others. Yet instead of off the field, it's into the Hall of Fame. And instead of five or six guys today, I ride in the shoulders of hundreds of friends. And I just say this, I thank you all very much. And this has been the sweetest ride of them all. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. A year ago today, the great John Madden passed away. That was John Madden right there. This is a Hall of Fame speech. So, uh, again, prayers and thoughts, obviously, to the Madden family. I'm sure that they're uh, an emotional bunch today, as as I can only imagine. And I know that, you know, when anniversaries of deaths come up, I know I get emotional. So I can only feel uh, for the family and understand how they feel. And, of course, the Raiders as an organization, uh, their feelings as well. I know they tweeted out about, I forget what it was, but it was a tribute to Coach Madden again one year ago. Today we found out that he passed away. Of course, the big news that we've been talking about on the show today and all day long we've been talking about ever since around 11 o'clock this morning when head coach Joshua Daniels made the announcement that Jared Stidham would be starting the last two games of the season. Derek Carr will not be the backup quarterback. He'll actually be the inactive quarterback for the final two games. That could that could mark the end of his Raider career. Uh, it just kind of feels like it. Writing on the wall, stranger things have happened, as we very well know, but just for my money, feels like it's the end of an era. So the question that I threw out there to you was, what did the car era mean to you? What direction do you think is best for the Raiders moving forward? We just had Bonte Hill on from 95-7 the game, and they used to be the flagship of the Raiders. And I thought that that was a great answer he gave us when I asked him what did Derek Carr mean to the Raiders, what he felt they meant to the organization. He said it gave him hope. And I think that that's exactly how I felt. And this is before radio and podcasts and any of that other stuff. When I'm just sitting in the bar talking Raider football, I felt like Derek Carr gave me hope because of that big carousel of quarterbacks that the Raiders had had. And I actually felt confident. I was actually excited because, well, one, the Raiders' defense wasn't worth the salt when he took over in 2014. But I felt confident when Derek Carr was out there, the Raiders had a chance. Even back in 2014 when they were terrible, right, with Dennis Allen and all that I felt like there's a chance that they could win this game or they could score a touchdown here because Derek's going to throw the ball. And then at, at, at that point, I also felt like, oh, Derek could run the ball as well. And he was in 2014, in 2015, in 2016, until he wasn't, until that Christmas Eve game like Bonte Hill had mentioned. So I thought that was fantastic stuff from Bonte talking about Derek Carr. Uh, if you missed any of the interviews or conversation that we have here on the show or any of our shows that we have on Radio Nation Radio 920, you can check them out on lvsportsnetwork.com. But we got this really good text. From the 510, and I'm sure that there's this is just the only person that's texted in with this, but I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that feel this way, and so I really do appreciate this text. I'm tired of hearing about business decisions. When do the fans matter to MD? Traded Mac for business, left for an entire fan base for Vegas, now moving on from DC because they don't want to pay him. LOL, this franchise is a laughing stock in the NFL. Been to the Coliseum, been to Allegiant Stadium no more. 
How's this for business? Not another dime my money would be spent on this disaster of a franchise. Again, that's a text from the 510. And I completely understand where you're coming from. At the end of the day, as much as it sucks, the fans, I'm not going to say are the least of the concern because that's that's, that's not reality. But in in business sense, it kind of is, right? I mean, when you think about it, 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 the NFL and, and all sports are businesses. They're businesses, and especially in the NFL when you do have a salary cap. Like in the NBA, the Warriors can go over the tax and just say, oh, well, we'll just pay a luxury tax. We'll pay everyone, and we'll just pay a luxury tax. But when you have a salary cap, you have to make business decisions, and they suck. They're terrible. I don't think, and this is just me spitballing with you, I don't think the Khalil Mack decision was a business decision. I don't. I've said it from day one. I'll say it to this day. I'll go to my grave and tell you I never thought that that was a business decision because teams that want to keep certain players will keep certain players. I'm saying this is a business decision, what they made with Carr today, because if he gets injured, that's $40 million guaranteed. That's the business part of it. Because if they're trying to move on from him, how, how difficult is it to move on from an injured player? Ask the 49ers. Remember, they tried to move on from Jimmy G. He was injured. Guess what? They still got him. Right Now, they did make him restructure his deal, and it worked out really well for him. And maybe the Raiders could do that. I just don't think that after the guy's been a starter for nine years with the organization, he's going to be willing to be you know, restructured and this because he's earned. He's earned his contract extension that he signed this summer. So that's why another reason why I don't think that, that he, he'll be back with the Raiders at all and that they'll have to go in another direction. But unfortunately, the business side matters in a major way, and it sucks for the fans. I mean, I say it all the time, and this is not exclusive to the Raiders. This is exclusive to sports. How much does it cost to go to a game? You've been to the Coliseum. You've been to Allegiant. For a family of four, you're in the thousands. I've, I've spent that money like three or four times this year with family and friends that I bought tickets for. The wife and, and our daughter Sarah goes to games all the time. And sometimes we have friends come in from Texas. So sometimes I, I think there was a time I bought tickets for seven. That's almost two grand, right? And that's not a parking pass, too, because I have a parking pass, so I didn't have to pay for that, right? And they were on their own when it came to food. I can only imagine if you're paying for a parking pass, which is almost 100 bucks, if not, if not more, you're paying for food for everybody, even a family of four. Let's just say a family of four. Yeah, you're spending a ton of money. That's the business side of things. Everything is about money, and it sucks. There used to be a time where fans, passionate, real-deal fans, would be able to get into a game reasonable, right? You can go a family of four and, and get tickets to a game and, and be good to go. Now you can't. Now it's, it's, it's pricing your average everyday Joe out. Now, for the most part, the people that have the tickets that go to each and every game – are people that are very well off and have really good jobs and make a whole lot of money because tickets are not cheap. And, again, not exclusive to the Raiders. It's just the reality of what sports are in 2022. There's a reason why guys get paid millions of dollars. There's a reason why coaches get paid millions of dollars. TV revenue, streaming, gambling, and all the money that they're made off of fans. So it sucks. It really does. So I totally understand where you're coming from. 3 o'clock on the dots of time. We'll come back, get to some calls, hear some from Josh McDaniels. We'll do it next on Radio 920.